Hello, my friends. Big show today. A fun interview with my friend David Menzies, but a very serious topic to start. We've decided to sue Justin Trudeau's disinformation czar. I'll take you through it. That's ahead, or you can find the information directly at SaveRebelNews.com. All right, here's today's podcast. Tonight, Trudeau's disinformation czar threatened to sue us, so we've sued him. It's October 25th, and this is the Ezra Levant Show. Shame on you, you censorious bug. I'm suing Justin Trudeau's disinformation czar. I filed the lawsuit in court in Calgary. You can see it for yourself at SaveRebelNews.com. Please go there because this is a real David versus Goliath fight, and I need your help. I'll go through the lawsuit with you in a moment, but first a bit of background. Last month, I told you about Trudeau's newest tactic to censor Rebel News. Trudeau's disinformation czar, a University of Calgary professor named Jean-Christophe Boucher, he threatened to sue us. Using the University of Calgary's lawyer, he sent me a legal notice of intention to bring a lawsuit against us. You can see that threat letter for yourself at SaveRebelNews.com. Boucher threatened to sue us because we dared to challenge his smear of Rebel News. See, he had the University of Calgary publish a study paid for by Trudeau's liberal government that claims to look for Russian propagandists active on Twitter in Canada. And Boucher's report says you may be a Russian agent if you're, and I quote, promoting a specific mistrust of Canada's liberal government and especially of Prime Minister Trudeau. <laughs> Seriously. But distrusting Trudeau doesn't make you a Russian agent. That's a McCarthyist conspiracy theory. I thought this guy was supposed to be against conspiracy theories. Distrusting Trudeau only makes you a Canadian who's expressing your constitutionally protected political opinion. We're allowed to distrust any politician of any party. Most Canadians don't trust Trudeau. Only 32% voted for him in the last election. You simply can't call anyone who doesn't like Trudeau a Russian agent. But this Boucher, who receives massive grants from Trudeau to do this kind of thing, he went on CTV News and actually said that Rebel News was one of the worst misinformation outlets in Canada. What? Not only is that not true, that's not even what his own report said. Here's his blacklist in his report. I think it's BS. I mean, Maxime Bernier, a Russian spy. Come on. Rupa Subramania, the lovely young National Post journalist, a Russian agent. It's pretty clear this is just Trudeau's political enemies list. It's got nothing to do with Russia. But you'll notice something. Rebel News is not actually on his list, are we? And yet Boucher went on CTV to say Rebel News is the worst misinformation propagandist in Canada. We're not. Even his own study says we're not. He's a liar, a liar whose job description is to accuse Trudeau's enemies of lying, of disinformation. Now, um, that's why he threatened to sue us last month, because I did a video rebuttal to his smear. That's when he doubled down, using the university's lawyer to threaten to sue me for saying what I've just said. So he smeared me 
as a Putin agent. And then when I dared to defend myself, he threatened me again. Just a reminder in case you didn't know, in, in case you couldn't guess. This guy hates Rebel News, and he has for years. I mean, take a look at this tweet. Here he is saying Rebel News should be sued so brutally that we have to shut down. Quote, when will we shut down the rebel for spreading false misinformation? This should be a lawsuit for undermining public safety. That's what he said. And here he is comparing Rebel News to poison. So he daydreams about suing Rebel News into oblivion, and then he sends us a threat letter warning us that he's going to do it. Well, guess what? I just sued him. I just sued him for defamation. He said we're Russian agents. We are not. He said we're one of the worst misinformation propagandists in Canada. We are not. We're not Russian propagandists at all. Even his own report says so. So we sued. Read it yourself. It's only 11 pages long. You can find it at that website, saverebelnews.com. You can see we're suing Boucher. That's the disinformation czar. I call him that because he's funded by Trudeau to do that. We're suing the University of Calgary for publishing his smear. And we're suing CTV, where he went on TV and said we were amongst the worst misinformation propagandists in Canada. I really don't know why he said that. Even his own study refutes that. Maybe it's because he's hated Rebel News for a very long time and has publicly daydreamed about crushing us, which isn't very scholarly or academic at all, is it? There's this weird thing he says, implying that we make money off this propaganda. What is he talking about? That's not even in his study. He just spat that wild accusation out. How on earth are, are we making money off our non-existent Russian propaganda? It, it almost feels like he knew, he knew the facts were too boring, and he promised CTV a very salacious interview, and his study wasn't really very exciting, and the facts weren't very intriguing, so he just blurted out some things he made up on the spot. I mean, he's hated Rebel News for years, so, so he named us as the bad guys. It's so weird. And like I say, we wrote to Boucher and the university and to CTV privately and quietly. We just asked him to fix it. Low down, no lawsuit, just fix it, please. We just can't have a government professor at a government university saying we're Russian agents. That's insane. We can't accept that. And instead of retracting or making any corrections, what they did was they sent us a threat letter signed by the university's own lawyer telling us they were going to sue us. Well, let's see you in court, Jean-Christophe Boucher. Let's, let's have you answer for your smears and your threat to silence us when we simply asked you to correct your smears. This is how Trudeau is coming to kill rebel news. His government-funded bureaucrats suing us into oblivion using university resources. But even worse, a government, namely a university professor with a special disinformation contract from Trudeau declaring that we are public enemy number one when it comes to misinformation. Mm. We're not. We don't spread Russian propaganda. We don't get paid to spread misinformation. We don't even really talk about the war. If you want to know, my own family came to Canada years ago from Dnipro. That's the center of Jewish life in Ukraine. My wife was actually born in Ukraine. I wrote a book denouncing Russia's natural gas industry and Gazprom and calling on Europe to get off Russian conflict energy. I even did a speaking tour in Germany 
where I urged Germans to get off conflict energy. Imagine this Trudeau thug accusing me of being a Russian agent and getting paid for it. See you in court, you bully. And by the way, don't you delete any of your emails back and forth with Trudeau's team. I think the court will be very interested to see all of your marching orders. Friends, if you can help me in this battle, please do go to saverebelnews.com. He's threatened to sue me, so I've moved first. I have no doubt he will sue me too, but I'm relying on the courts to prove the truth of it. That Trudeau's disinformation czar was motivated by a pre-existing hatred for Rebel News. That his biased study was designed to capture Trudeau's domestic political enemies. And that when Boucher went on TV, he simply made up lies about us to seem interesting and entertaining. This is when we live or die. Trudeau wants this to be the end of us. I need your help to make sure we live on. If you can, please go to saverebelnews.com. Read Boucher's threat letter. Read our preemptive lawsuit. And if you can, please chip in. Boucher has the nearly unlimited resources of the government at his disposal. I... I have you and the truth. Thank you. Welcome back. Well, we've been talking about some happy election results across Canada. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but last night, a moderate mayoral candidate won in Ottawa. Uh, a wackadoodle, that's one of Sheila's favorite words, a wackadoodle <laughs> left-wing candidate uh, um, in Ottawa, a non-binary anti-trucker activist, uh, um, Catherine McKinney was her name, not to be confused with Catherine McKenna. She got smoked by a normal mayor, which was a shock to the radical activists of the city. A couple of weeks ago, same thing happened in Vancouver, the long-term former New Democrat MP, who was the mayor, I thought mayor forever, got thrown out yep. by the moderate. And it, he was running on a pro-police platform in Vancouver. Are you kidding? Yeah, people are sick of, of the San Franciscoization of the streets of Vancouver. But alas, last night in Ontario, there were some disappointments. Uh, and I'm going to set the stage, if you know who's sitting next to me, our friend David Menzies. You'll have a guess at who I'm talking about, but let me remind you that although there was some bad news in the city of Brampton, Ontario last night, at least the bad news is contained to that city. For were it not for David Menzies' investigative journalism over the last two years, perhaps the successful mayor of Brampton would right now instead be the leader of His Majesty's loyal opposition gunning for the prime minister's job. Just a flashback when David encountered Patrick Brown at an illegal hockey game in the lockdown city of Brampton. Remember this? Well, folks, um, we're getting the bums rush, but holy mackerel, I think I see Patrick Brown himself. Oh, hey, how you doing? Mr. Brown, right? Yeah. David Manzies with Rebel News. You're in, a, you're in a city facility? What's that? You're in a city facility? Yeah, so are yeah. you. Yeah. So, are you yeah. playing hockey here? Or? No, I'm just coming to check in our facility. So okay, I'm gonna, we're well, gonna yeah. check you. You're, you're not supposed to be here, actually. Right, guys. We were told that uh, you play pickup here. Mr. Brown, how come uh, 
The kids in Brampton can only practice sports, but your buddies can play hockey. Yeah. So, um, I don't know why um, you are harassing people in the city of Brampton, but you shouldn't be. Oh, who's harassing who? Your, you, your, your guys handed out 122 bylaw violations in one week. Mr. Brown, why is there a hockey game going on in this arena? I thought you're only allowed to uh, practice sports, not play them. And who is paying the $1,000 a day, Mr. Brown, for this rink? Mr. Brown, are these taxpayer dollars being used for your buddies to play hockey on this rink? Or are you paying it? Or perhaps we'll lead Solomon. So Mr. Brown, why is it one law for me and one law for thee in this city? Mr. Brown? You can see that video in full at sneakypatrick.com. <laughs> and another one, when Sneaky Patrick had a sneaky secret <laughs> campaign office, and David Menzies caught him and they engaged in a slow speed chase. <laughs> you just got to take a look. I'm just, these are some of the best clips. Here's another clip of David and the low speed chase with uh, Sneaky Patrick Brown. You ready? We unlocked. Yeah. Here's the mic. I'm rolling. Why, why, you know what? Well, there's no other way out. We'll go back this way. <laughs> I had to. You saw me. You saw us. Oh, go there. Shit. Just do a straight right now. He's like a cornered weasel. He doesn't know what to do. This is our second foray down the southbound lanes of the Highway 400. Uh, he exited at Rutherford and went back up north, got off at Teston, went to his secret party headquarters, was drove by it, and now he's going south on the 400 uh, again. I'm pretty sure he knows we're following him right now. There's no way to sugarcoat Patrick Brown's character. He is a compulsive liar. Patrick Brown drove straight to the Brampton police headquarters. Okay, go, get out. Okay, man. Okay, we get out right now. Go, go, please, please, please. Mr. Brown. Mr. Brown. Mr. Brown, why are uh, senior city of Brampton staff working out of your secret campaign headquarters in Vaughan? Mr. Brown, Mr. Brown any is that on the taxpayer dollar? Have they taken a leave of absence? Mr. Brown, why are city of uh, Brampton employees working at your campaign headquarters in Vaughan? Is this on the taxpayer dollar? Mr. Brown. Well, I believe that uh, the investigative journalism by our friend David Menzies is a key reason why Patrick Brown is not now the leader of the Conservative Party of Canada. And I'm not saying he would have beat Pierre Polyev, but he would have been a contender. 
I think people saw the facts about him and the truth about him. And they said, nah, you know, it's a shame that Brampton has to put up with him, but we don't want this in the rest of the country. That same Patrick Brown won last night his re-election in Brampton, didn't he? It's amazing, Ezra. I mean, you know, Patrick Brown to me is like the Peanuts character, Pigpen. You know, wherever Pigpen goes, there's this cloud of dust and dirt. And wherever Patrick Brown goes, there is scandal. And I mean, where do we even begin it? Um, I mean, shutting down council meetings that were going to deal with multiple forensic audits. Um, his house, uh, houses rather, being renovated to the tune of more than half a million dollars each. Um, and a $200,000 backyard hockey rink, Ezra. And surely now, that's- There's nothing wrong with the renovation, but what's the angle that makes those renovations curious? The angle is, according to my source, who has never been wrong, is that he never paid a penny for all of that. So where's the quid pro quo? The rumor, of course, Ezra, is that somebody is getting Brampton's PPE contract. There was a check for $1 million sent to a numbered company in Ottawa, Ontario, a post office box. That seems like normal city business to me. Uh <laughs> and there, there is some other journalism afoot in Brampton that's candid uh, and uh, that shows that Patrick Brown was using taxpayers' money for personal lawsuits and personal social media accounts. So you're not the only one on the Patrick Brown pig pen file. I just want to tell viewers to get all the facts on these stories, including the house renovations, I believe all the videos are at sneakypatrick.com. That's right. So I want to show you the factual basis. Now, you have tried to put these prickly questions to Patrick Brown, but he engages in low-speed chases to run away from you. And uses the police force. I mean, I think you were there that day when I was arrested at the Ernst Community Center. I wasn't even in the building. Yeah. Ezra, I was on a public uh, parking lot of a public taxpayer-funded uh, rec facility. I remember there were about five police cars and three security <laughs> guards that came to arrest you that day. So that's the backdrop, bit of a long introduction. Last night, Patrick Brown, having his federal ambitions cut short, yeah. ran again, and the long-suffering people of Brampton, Ontario, they voted for him again, didn't they? Well, how, how close was it, or was it not even close? It wasn't even close. And, and four years ago, I think the, uh, it was he won by maybe 2%. It was a horse race. Uh, but the, and no, uh, the main contender, Nikki Kaur, uh, she was blown away, uh, Ezra. I mean, and by the way, the turnout was less than 25 percent, hmm. if you can imagine, which is even by municipal standards is abysmal. Yeah. And I'm not you know, it, it, it's staggering. I don't I can't put my finger on it. my source again, who, I, who I've always said has never been wrong. Two months ago, he said he believed there was a 70 percent chance Sneaky Patrick would win again. And as of last night, he thought it would be 50 50. There was a lot of buzz yeah. about Nikki Core. Uh, she couldn't pull it off. Um, there was also a lot of buzz of uh, Patrick Brown alienating so many of the minority groups he reaches out to hmm. by promising them everything and never delivering. And um, this is a fascinating case as to why, uh, with all the scandals being covered. But you know what? I got to put a qualifier there, Ezra. Mm -hmm. We've been doing uh, a ton of work on the Patrick Brown file. Mm -hmm. There's a wonderful online publication called The Pointer. Yeah. They've been doing great investigative journalism. I call them as I see them. But you know what? The mainstream media mm -hmm. has been very soft yeah. on him. Well, and I have a theory. Yeah, I'd like to hear it. I've got a theory also. The theory is um, Patrick Brown has a chip on his shoulder the size of the TD Center regarding his ouster from the federal conservative party race. And when an election is called, 
And when the media wants to dig up dirt on Pierre Polyev, mm -hmm. they're going to go to this jilted character mm -hmm. and let him sing like a canary. That's my theory. Because they've handled this guy with kid gloves, yeah. and it's scandal after scandal. I have an alternative theory that's okay. related, though. As you know, for years, the big boss of the Post Media newspaper chain, yeah. which includes the National Post and most of the daily newspapers in Canada, was uh, Paul Godfrey. Correct. Who is an interesting guy, a great entrepreneur and a, and a, and a great civic leader. Let's grant him that. He's also a deeply political guy. Frankly, I think he ought to have run for mayor in his time. Mm. Uh, but one of his sons was a key man in the Patrick Brown campaign. Is that not correct? Rob Godfrey. And... So I, I don't think it's a coincidence that when the son of the newspaper boss um, is on the Patrick Brown campaign, that the newspapers maybe are a little calmer and pull the punches. Yeah, in. and I understand uh, Godfrey, uh, that's the son, received something in the neighborhood of $300,000 in consulting fees for the non-existent Brampton University. I mean, they keep talking about this Brampton University, Ezra. It does not exist, <laughs> yet consultants galore are getting their pockets lined mm -hmm. with six-figure checks. It, it, that's another scandal yeah. in Brampton. Well, it's it's incredible. And I do pity the people of Brampton. And the fact that uh, Nikki Kaur is a candidate, uh, a Sikh candidate, there's a lot of Sikh Canadians in Brampton. I do not know why they're choosing uh, Tammany Hall kind of uh, ward healer, you know, unethical man, deeply unethical in my view. Um, like he just is incapable of playing anything straight. He, as you, one of your favorite phrases I use with Patrick Brown, he's a lying liar, Ezra. Right. And you know, and I got to tell you, um, I was also mystified. We've done several stories, uh, probably at a disproportionate amount of stories, given the territory uh, encompassed on uh, Karen Selovitz, the Ward 5 Council of Richmond Hill, convicted fraudster. So many ethics codes violations, she lost 315 days worth of salary. And that's pretty bad because yeah. a year is 365 days. Caught bullying a stage four cancer survivor, um, files nuisance lawsuits against people uh, who offend her on social media. She got it. I, I, I mean, it is staggering to me. Yeah. Well, I don't know what to make of it. I mean... Low voter turnout may be part of it. Maybe yep. people, uh, maybe public life, maybe people have such low expectations. I remember when Stephen Harper was prime minister, when he sacked a cabinet minister named Bev Oda for ordering a $16 orange juice from a hotel minibar. Um, imagine losing a cabinet minister over $16. Now it's $16 billion. Yep. Uh, I mean, uh, half a trillion. And you know, graft, you know, if they say a fish rots from the head down, watching Justin Trudeau, watching Doug Ford, watching John Tory, each one of them morally compromised, ethically compromised, yeah. of course, corruption. So maybe people and, you know, there's a lot of new Canadians in Brampton and maybe they're saying, oh, I guess this is how Can I'm new to Canada. But is this how Canada is? Because uh, that's maybe how it was back in my third world country from which I immigrated. Yeah, there was corruption. Yeah, there was, of course, politicians are on the take. Um, I didn't think that's how Canada was, but seems to be. Maybe, maybe our public standards have just fallen so low that Patrick Brown indeed is 
a fit for Brampton? If so, that's very sad. You know, you raise great points there, Ezra. And every time I hear of a Trudeau scandal, I always say, but was there a $16 glass of orange juice <laughs> yeah. involved? With Patrick Brown and the newcomers to Brampton, I thought that was going to hurt him. The entitlement, one law for me and one law for thee. We shut down mm. the, the cricket pitches, the baseball diamonds, the football fields, the soccer fields, and yet he's sneaking in with his very boyfriends to play hockey. And then all of these renovations that I went through, a backyard hockey rink that has been flooded by the chief of police using a city fire truck. Can you imagine? And I understand almost 70% of Bramptonians are renters. You know, they live in apartments, they live in high rises. And I thought, you know, this idea of this guy, you know, acting like a, a medieval king almost, Ezra, uh, and lining his pockets and having the law not apply to him, and in fact, sicking law enforcement on pesky journalists, I thought that might go against them and that these people would say, this is wrong. This is kind of the crap we fled from. But what do I know, Ezra? Yeah, well, very strange. Uh, I want to show two clips. Here's one where you went to Patrick Brown's campaign office <laughs> last night. I have to say, I'm not surprised they booted you out. Here's the first video. Margaret, how are you? How you doing? How's the Fiat going? <laughs> that was one of... Um, the city of Brampton employees that was working at Patrick Brown's secret headquarters in Vaughan. You might recall Lincoln and I, Lincoln J that is, we staked them out and uh, we found all these city employees working on the Brown campaign. And that was one of them, Margaret. Yeah. <clears throat> Anyways. Hey, John, how you doing? Hey. Hey, don't touch him. You can't touch him like that. Hey, buddy, you can't touch him like that. You're not a police officer. You can't touch him like that. I don't want to see you putting your hands on one of my colleagues ever again. Yes, sir. Pardon me? Uh, can you please come outside? Oh, why is that? Uh, please come outside for a second. Hey, get your camera on. I'm about to get kicked out, I think. Um, I have to see your security license. It's the law. Pardon me? I can indeed. Well, I am. Well, unless you show me your security license, I'm not going anywhere. Pardon me? Yeah, you can record my security license. I can show you my record. I will show you my security license, but you can't record it. Is that okay with you? Well, I... I will show you my security license. Oh, you will show it to me? Okay, then. record it, Oh, okay. That's fair. Okay. All right. Thank you. That's all I was asking for. All right, then. So why can, why are we not allowed to be here, by the way? So one of the management said, like, uh, your channel is not allowed here. That's it. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Is there any reason for that? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the only reason. Okay, then. Is that, did it come from John Nictitian? Hey, John. John, is this your doing? Hey, Mr. Nictitian. Okay, then. I, oh, no, no. No, you're right. I, we're, we're on our way out. I'm just wondering who, who gave the order. That's all. All right. Hey. Just turn off the camera. Okay. <laughs> They're recording right there, bro. This makes no sense. I, we didn't record the license. That's They're recording. Yeah. Hey, how are you? <laughs> Guys, what do you think Patrick Brown's biggest scandal has been to date? There's a noise card, like I said. Oh, we're, we're on our way out. Wait. What do you think Patrick Brown's biggest scandal has been to date? There's no scandal. No scandal? Best guy. Best guy. <laughs> Based on what? Well, once they kicked you out of the official event, you did some streeters on the outside. 
You were kicked out of that too. Here's a video <laughs> clip. What's been Patrick Brown's biggest scandal to date? Don't know. There's too many to choose from. Okay. <laughs> Patrick Brown will be the winner this time. He's, He's not going to win. He, he will be win. He will he, win. He's a winner now, oh, okay. this time. Yeah. What, what is his biggest scandal to date, sir? No, no scandal. Oh, not no. at all. Who built his he, hockey ring? He cleared from the court. No scandal at all. Who is the person that received the $1 million PPE contract? A numbered company that was sent to a uh, post office box in Ottawa. No scandal there. <laughs> biggest scandal? Yes. Don't worry, man. Like, it's just no. like, he's going to win. What, he's going to win? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Is it going to be a fair race? Hundred percent. He doesn't have people coming in from Scarborough to stuff the ballot box, does he? No, man. No, like, no. no. He would never do that. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, what's been Patrick Brown's biggest scandal today? <laughs> I like that. That's a good answer. Well, David, I have to say I'm not surprised that because uh, <laughs> I think he would do much worse things to you if he could and if he could get away with it. So I'm I, I'm glad it was just being mean to you. Oh, listen, Ezra, I was very surprised that we got in the door in the first place. Uh, it was Mocha and Lincoln J. Uh, we had our bag searched. There was a lot of security there. And then once they found we weren't weaponized, uh, we were allowed in. Oh, but then someone went, wait a minute. His questions are weaponized. Yeah. You gotta get so like the skunk to the garden party. Suddenly I was uh we were swarmed with security guards. We did the slow retreat. First of all, can I see your license, please? Mm, that buys yeah. us a couple of minutes. Yeah. And then my streeter outside, of course, was uh folks, and these are Bra uh, Patrick Brown uh supporters. Uh what do you think is Patrick Brown's greatest scandal to date. And one lady, I, it makes no sense the answer, but it made me laugh. She went, you. <laughs> well, David, keep it up. Thank you know you, what? Sir. Part of the job of journalists is to speak truth to power. Yep. And there's not a lot of journalists doing that anymore, but I love how you take on Sneaky Patrick. Stay with us. Thank you so much. More ahead. Welcome back. Dave Bako has a letter. He says, let's hope with every cell in my body that Alberta will become as free as Florida. Well, that would be something. I like Danielle Smith's strong start. Danny R91 says, it wasn't just the government that fired people, private sector also. When did the lawsuits start? It's funny you mentioned that. Literally today, the New York Supreme Court threw out every firing of government workers in that state who weren't vaxxed. Not only did he did the New York Supreme Court overturn the termination of unvaxxed people, it ordered that they be paid back pay, and it confirmed that the rationale for the vaccine mandates had no basis because the vaccines didn't stop transmission. Unbelievable ruling from the New York Court of Appeal. Sorry, Supreme Court. Arnold Boston says, why not hold Jason Kenney accountable? Yeah, good luck with that. Look, I think there are some lawsuits and maybe even some criminal prosecutions that should come out of these lockdowns. I think particularly if Big Pharma lied in in a fraudulent way to deceive the government or, or people who bought or took vaccines, if they deceived people about the transmission of the virus, if they claimed it was tested, that they stopped transmission and it wasn't tested, then I think that some lawsuits are appropriate. I don't think that, in general, suing political opponents is the way, certainly not with criminal law. But if Pfizer lied, and remember, 
Pfizer paid the largest fine in American history when they had to pay $2.3 billion for, guess what, lying about a drug. So it's not beneath them, and this is many, many times more profitable than that. That's our show for today. Until next time, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters to you at home, good night, and keep fighting for freedom. I'm currently standing alongside Highway 2, Alberta's busiest highway between Edmonton and Calgary to reveal Rebel's latest billboard. Take a look. Celine Gallus with Rebel News here to unveil to you our latest billboard located between Edmonton and Calgary, just south of Bowdoin, which racks up about 1.3 million monthly impressions. Folks, the lockdowns are over. No more restrictions and no more mandates. All Albertans with outstanding fines and charges for refusing to put up with the draconian COVID measures issued under Jason Kenney's command are not only unjust, but no longer legal. It's time for Alberta to have the fresh start it deserves. It's time for Alberta to heal. This past weekend, while I attended the annual general meeting held and hosted by the United Conservative Party of Alberta, I issued a question to Alberta's newest premier, Danielle Smith, regarding the promises she made during her campaign to apologize to those who faced prosecution during the COVID restrictions to grant them amnesty. My proposed question resulted in what I'm hoping will be the first of apologies to come from other politicians. Here's the full clip. Take a look. Hi, Ms. Smith. Celine Gallus with Rebel News. During your campaign, you said that not only would you issue an apology to those prosecuted during COVID restrictions, but you would also grant them amnesty. When can we expect those apologies? Um, I can apologize right now. I'm, I'm, I'm deeply sorry for anyone who was inappropriately subjected to um, discrimination as a result of their vaccine status. I'm deeply sorry for any government employee that was fired from their job because of their vaccine status. And I welcome them back if they want to come back. As for the amnesty, I have to get some legal advice on that. Um, and so I've already asked my staff to, um, to, to request that advice so I can see how we would be able to proceed on that. My view has been that these were um, political decisions that were made, and so I think that they can be political decisions to offer a reversal. But I, I do want to get some, some legal advice on that first. Would that also have to do with the timeline for the proposed amnesties? Um, I, I, I would have to see, you know, if I can if I can do it, I will do it at the earliest opportunity. So I'm, I'm hoping within the next, within the next week, I'll get that legal advice. With that said, I'd like your help. An apology was promised and an apology was issued, but the healing process cannot begin until all Albertans with outstanding charges and fines have been granted amnesty. This has been Celine Gallus with Rebel News. Go to LockdownAmnesty.com and sign our petition. With Premier Smith taking the first step and keeping her word, the job isn't finished yet. If you agree the government needs to grant amnesty to anyone who received a Lockdown Ticket Infrastructure Act charges, please visit the link in the description to add your voice to the list of Canadians demanding an end to the punitive treatment of pastors, small business owners, families, and peaceful protesters, protesters who refuse to bend the knee to the nonsensical and unscientific COVID rules.